Praise the Lord. It's so good to see all of you. It's good for you that are joining online. If you watch tonight or later, I'm glad that you're here. I pray that God is blessing your house and your life. This is the Christmas season. Amen. And uh, it's fixing to be uh, full of joy and peace and all those wonderful things. Uh, preach Sunday about a season of hope. And I pray that you strive for the season of hope, for hope in your life. That you, uh, all the stuff, man, it's cold today, by the way. And uh, and in the middle of that, I'm like, I've got a season of hope. <laughs> it's a season of cold. Uh, but we're praying today. We want to pray for Sister McDonald. She is uh, recovering. We want to pray for Sister Sonda's sister. Um, we want to pray for different ones that are struggling in their health. Amen. And we want to give the Lord just uh, a, a, a praise for what he has done. And we're going to continue. So let's pray tonight. Father, we ask you and come to you, Lord, asking your presence in this place, in this building with us, Father. We pray today in Jesus' name that, Lord, you touch every individual, that you strengthen their hearts and their minds, their bodies. Heal them. Heal their bodies. Let them have a season of hope, Lord. Let them walk in that place where you will give them joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. I thank you today, Lord, for all you're going to anoint my mind, anoint my mouth, anoint my heart. Lord, let me be a servant of you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say amen. amen. So tonight, um, if you'll read on the screen with me behind it, my God, it's Philippians 4 and 19. Very familiar passage. My God. It would say, my God, my God will supply what? Every need of yours. Everybody say every. And uh, I think this is one of those scriptures that you quote back to yourself a lot. In the midst of your crisis, in the midst of times where you're being stretched, in the midst of those moments where you wonder if God still knows your name, you have to quote the word. How many know that? You quote the word of God. My God will supply. My God, what do you need? Do you need healing? Yes, I need healing. He will supply. He will supply. Uh, finances, uh, relationships. He will supply everything that you need. Now, I'm going to tell you right real quick that everything that he gives you is not what you always ask for. He knows what's best for you. He knows the end from the beginning. So God gives to you what his will is. Amen? So, I want to take us from that to asking you, if God is supposed to supply all of your needs, I want to ask you, who are you depending on? Who are you putting your trust in? Who are you allowing to uh, speak into your life, hope, uh, deliverance, being set free? Who are you depending on? Who is your dependent? Is it Jesus? Is it government? Is it um, you know, people around you? Is it family? It should be the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight we're going to look at and talk about who am I depending on? I'm going to ask that question over and over again tonight. And I pray that online that you will uh, follow along as we go. We're going to start with Jesus in Matthew. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. He says this, Blessed, one of my favorite passages in Matthew, uh, chapter 5, the Beatitudes. And we find that he's talking to us. And he says, Blessed are the what? Poor in spirit. Now, it doesn't mean that they, they are poor and they have spirit, that they have no money and they have no poor in spirit. I'll explain it in a minute. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're going to hear a lot about kingdom in the next 12 months. 
uh, in January 23, our theme is going to be Thy Kingdom Come. And we're going to be talking every month at, about the Kingdom of Heaven, what it's like and what we should know about it. So we're going to talk about here he says, theirs is the kingdom. If you're what? Blessed are the poor. If you're poor in spirit, yours is the kingdom of heaven. That's a big deal. That is a big, big deal when you think about it. if I'm poor in spirit, God said, my his kingdom is my his kingdom is what I'm eligible for. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Very important. So the word blessed in the Bible here is the Greek word uh rhodes. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I know I'm probably not. Um, this word, it, it means happy. Everybody say happy. Um, so blessed are the poor. Blessed. Happy are the poor in spirit is what I'm trying to get to. Um, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We find that in Matthew uh, 5 and 3 in the New International Version, the first one was the King James, says it like this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In the New Living Translation, it says, God blesses those who realizes their need for Him. So what is it being poor in spirit? It is recognizing that I don't have enough spirit. My spirit is a human spirit. I need Jesus Christ. And I realize that. I acknowledge it. And I profess it. I declare it. I need Jesus. So, blessed, I love this New Living Translation, blessed are those who realize their need for Him. We find in God's Word Translation, it says, God blesses those who recognize they are spiritually helpless. How powerful is that? God recognizes, uh, blesses those who recognize. Uh, recognition is so important. Do you acknowledge that you need Jesus Christ? Who are you depending on? Are you depending on the arm of the flesh, your own stuff, or are you depending on God? Let's look in the contemporary English version. This is what it says. God blesses those who depend only on Him. Who are you depending on? This is blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We're learning more about what that means. It's about dependence on Him and Him alone. In the New Century Version, it says that this, God blesses those who know they have great spiritual needs. We learn in, in Psalm 145 and 5, this is in the, the CEV, the Lord blesses everyone who trusts Him and depends on Him. The Lord, God blesses everyone, everybody say everyone, everyone, type it in if you will online, who trust Him. Everybody say trust Him, trust Him, that's an important factor here, and depend, trust and depend. You cannot depend without trusting, you cannot trust without depending. They are married, they are a part of the equation. So we recognize very quickly that we need to trust God, trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thy what? Own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He's going to bring all those good things to pass in your life. And we know that we must depend on Him. Dependence is not weakness. Dependence is not saying, I, you know, oh, I, I, I can't do anything myself. No. Dependence is saying, I recognize my spiritual condition and that I need Jesus Christ to fix that condition. 
So, to be poor in spirit means I humbly depend on God instead of myself. I humbly depend on God instead of myself. Uh, in, in the world that we live in, many think that Christianity is a crutch. How many ever heard that before, right? Oh, you just have a crutch. You call him Jesus, whatever, whatever. Uh, um, I, I don't take offense at that. I, um, I totally am dependent on him. If you want to call him my crutch, I'm fine with that. Uh, because that's not a slam to me. That's a glorious revelation that we must understand. That we have a dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ that we have to, re have to recognize. So remember, Matthew 5 and 3, what does it say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How many want to possess the kingdom of heaven in your life? All of us do. Say, why? Because I need to recognize and depend, trust Jesus in order to receive the kingdom of heaven. Do you make that connection? I pray that you do, because it's a powerful connection. So, blessed. Everybody say blessed. How many want to be blessed? Amen. If you want to be blessed, it depends on who you're depending on. And I'm going to show you that in the scripture. Five ways to express my dependence on God. A lot of us love independence. Um, a lot of us love, man, I'm, no, I'm on my own. I can take care of myself. My dearest, wonderful daughter, she is so independent. She can change a tire. She can do electricity. She can scrub floors and sand them down and... I, 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 you would believe it. she bought a house this last year and she does things I'm going Lord have mercy child and she's like I, I, I'm going to do this <laughs> and she does and I respect that um, so we always love that we celebrate the day of what independence so we love this idea of being independent in our world right that we're free from all bondage and we're free well that's just not true is it it's it's a nice phrase it's nice to think about independence and uh and i pray that we continue that independence from tyranny right through the the constitution the laws of our land but we're talking about spiritual things not not physical things so let's talk about five ways to express my dependence. Someone say, I want to be dependent, right? On God. I want to make myself and declare my dependence, not my independence, my dependence on Jesus Christ. I want to trust him and I want to what? Depend on him. Someone say amen. So number one, let's look quickly. Number one, I need to depend on God's wisdom and not mine. How many know that the word of God is true? How many know that his word is not a lie and that it is truth and sets us free and that it is what we look at in our lives um, and we say we believe it, we read it, we quote it, but do you follow it? Do you obey it? Do you believe it enough to follow its wisdom, right? Because the wisdom of God's word is contrary so many times to the wisdom of man and the world. So when we begin to study this, we need to recognize where are the places in my life where I have taken hold of my own wisdom, the wisdom of the world, instead of the wisdom of God's word. The wisdom of God's word will never fail you. We're coming into a new year. This is the month of, of, of December coming to us. All this is happening very quickly. How many know that this year went by in a flash? Amen. It seems like the older I get, the quicker they go. Um, and these are things that you have to recognize. It's not my wisdom. I promise you, on Facebook, there's all kinds of people 
you know, talking about how they found the wisdom and they got this and that. And they use all the different things. They have crystals and they have uh, supposed prophetesses and prophets and they have all these things. My wisdom, I heard. This is what I think. I don't want to know what they think or what they heard. I want to know what thus saith the word of God says. That's what I want to know. And if I don't want to know that, then I don't truly want to know him. I want to know him. The Bible says in John that in, in, in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Jesus Christ was the word of God from the beginning to the end. So when we look at this, I must decide to put my dependence in him. And that includes his word, his spoken word, his written word to us. And his word into our hearts. Let's look at Proverbs. What does it say in 14 and 21 in the end? There is a way, you ever heard this quoted to you, <laughs> that seemeth right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Man, death. There's a, a theme here. When I, when I am only dependent on myself and my wisdom and the wisdom of people and the world's ideas, then I will end up in certain death because death is what sin is. That's what it's referring to. Because my own ideas without Christ become unholy. So when we are looking at ourselves, thinking about what? Thinking about depending on God's wisdom and not mine, I must always include the Christ center. Christ center. Write that down. Christ center. Why? Because if I don't... I, I'm amazed... At, at, at the, the the way sometimes that people live in such that they, the word of God is the last thing they try to look into. Uh, they've made up their mind. They come ask me if they think I think it's good, right? And I'm the last person. They've already made up their mind. So I might as well tell them peanut butter and jelly tastes great. You know, uh, because no matter what I tell them out of God's word, they're going to do what they want to do because they've already made up their mind. Start with the God of your salvation. Start with the Word of God. Start in the Word so that you don't make vital and horrible mistakes. It leads to spiritual death. Proverbs 3, uh, 5 through 7, in the New Living Translation, this is what it says, Trust in the Lord, what? With all thine heart, do not depend on your own understanding. Uh, if you know anything about the New Living, I love the New Living Translation. It's translated from the King James, so it's very accurate. Um, and I love uh, the way that uh, it's put in plain English. Uh, trust the Lord. There's that word again. Trust the Lord. Trust. Someone online, you need to write trust uh, in your, your space there. Trust. Trust the Lord with all their heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek. If I say seek... This is not the first time he tells us to seek him. If we seek him, he will be found, right? If we knock, it will be opened. So he says, seek his will in all that you do. Seek his will, not when you've done it, but before you do it. Seek, trust him, seek his will. Trust him, seek his will before you act 
and make major mistakes in your life. And He will direct your path. If you do this, He has a promise for you. I'm going to direct your path. You put your trust in me and you seek my wisdom, I'm going to give you the answer. I'm going to show you. I'm going to put somebody in your path that's going to allow you to see and know. You're going to get confirmation. Where the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. You're going to have an understanding that you may not have had before by seeking the word of God. So seek his will in all you do and he will direct your paths. Do or don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Well, ladies and gentlemen, someone shout amen. Amen. Don't be impressed. Wow, man, I'm really good, man. I've got it all together here. I really think that this is great. And man, wow, I, I'm, this is amazing. No, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Guess what? A clock is right at least twice a day, right? Um, uh, don't think because you made it okay once, it's going to be all that all the time, right? Uh, we get very blessed and very God's mercy gets shown upon us. But that doesn't mean we should live in a place of chaos and sin. Amen? Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, respect. I'm going to shout respect. R-S-P-E-C-T. You know, uh, respect. Respect. You call him Savior. You call him Master. Stop disrespecting him by putting him last on your list to talk to about the things of your life. Put him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. Someone say first. first. So understand that we need to respect the Lord and turn our backs on evil. Turn our backs on evil. Listen to James. James 1 and 5. That familiar passage. And if any of you lack wisdom, James writes to us in the New Testament. You should what? Pray. Everybody shout pray. Uh, you know, a lot of times I find people at the altar weeping. And it's not because they're praying before they decide. It's because they're trying to recover from what they've already decided. They are weeping because it, it, it got broken and it was undone. And there's chaos reigning in their life. Don't let your prayers be in desperation. Let them be in confidence. Did you hear what I just said? Don't let your prayers be desperation prayers. Oh God, save me. No, let them be confident prayers. Lord, I hear your voice. Lord, I want you to speak to me. I want, I'm trusting in you. I want you to direct my paths. And then obey that word of God. And he will. What does it say? You should pray and ask God. Who gives it what? I can't hear you. Generously and what? Graciously to all. He's not stingy with his grace. He's not stingy with his wisdom. He's not stingy with his knowledge. But you got to ask. You've got to do the act. Well, God knows what I need. He should already act. That's not the way the economy of God is set up. The economy of God says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened. If you don't ask, you won't receive. If you don't knock, it's not opening. So we can't assume, well, God knows my life. He should know what I need. Why do I have to keep asking? Because that's the way. Why do we have to keep paying bills? I paid my bill last month. What's the deal? Because that's the economy of the world we live in. God's economy says that you must continue to ask. Don't stop asking for the things that you need. N-E-E-D. Not W-A-N-T. Need. He will supply them. Someone say amen. So we find that he will give all this. So 
God's wisdom and will are in God's word. How many know that? Someone say his word is a lamp unto my feet. Amen. And a what? Light unto my path. And you got to hide that word in your heart. So God's wisdom is already revealed. Amen. You're not looking, oh, I'm waiting on the will of God. No, you're not. The will of God's already been spoke to you through his word. Do, oh, but I want a special word. I have this thing. No, there's nothing that God's word does not cover in your life. What happens is we as humans want to kick the can because we hope that we can get away with living in two worlds at the same time. God is saying, choose, trust me, depend on me, or don't. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Uh, God's wisdom and will are already known. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. You don't need me to prophesy over you. You need to read the word to know what God's already said to you. We in this hour love the prophetic word. Oh, we love prophetic praise and prophetic juice bars and prophetic painting and prophetic foot massages. And you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. People, go online, look up prophetic foot massages. Uh, prophetic everything. Prophetic everything. Everybody's a prophet. Everybody's running around. Yes, thus saith, Bob. You get all these, and they're not. They're a bunch of false prophets. They're, they're a bunch of charlatans. They use the name of Jesus as a tool and not something that is holy. We know that Simon the Sorcerer, what did he do? Follow the, I want to buy that, man. I want to buy that Holy Ghost. Can I buy that Holy Ghost? Right? No, you're crazy. You know, this is not, God gave a promise. I'm, I'm, come on now. Someone help me. Uh, God gave us a promise that if we obey his word, we get the promises of God. You don't need someone to tell you what you already know. Thus saith God, right? So, I think it's very important. Now, there are prophets and there are prophetic things. Don't negate that. I unequivocally believe in the fivefold ministry and in the fact that there are prophetesses and prophets among us. But they are not going to ask you to cash at them so that they can give you a personal prophecy. Prophets don't operate like that. They don't need that. That's not what they're about. So I, I, I've been on this wagon before because I'm telling you what I'm dealing with in our world. I preach my guts out and we have ministers that come and deliver the word of God. This church is a word church. It's a, it's a, it's a church that stays. You, when you hear a message across those podiums, it's not stories or current events or politics. It's the word. And that's a demand that I have as a pastor, a call that I know. When I preach, it's scripture. I don't give a lot of commentary, right? I preach the word. It's amazing when you preach the word and truth comes, how people reject that and they will seek someone that just will tell them what they want to hear. The scripture calls it teach with the itchy ears. You know, you are in a place where you are, what are you doing? Well, it wasn't what I thought I should hear. I want No, that's not what I'm feeling. What does God say? So this is why I say, if you don't have a pastor, I, pay, I ask people all the time, people come say to me, I, I ask an individual this week, am I your pastor? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, I just want to know if I still have permission to speak truth. 
Because if I'm not your pastor, I'm just going to be your friend, hang out, high five. Whatever you decide, man, go for it, right? Because why? Why? Because when I tell you the truth, it's going to rub you wrong, and it's going to cause you to be upset with me, and I don't want to deal with all that stuff. I'm, I'm the anti-drama kind of guy, right? But if I'm your pastor, I'll put my neck on the line, right? I'll speak truth out of the Word of God, not my own wisdom, God's wisdom. And I think that all of us need to recognize that God's wisdom and His will is already professed to us. It's already there. We don't need someone to come by and tell us. Now, I'm thankful when somebody comes by and confirms the Word of God through prophetic word. But none of those prophets or prophetesses can ever speak outside of the bounds of God's Word. Wow, I'm really on this tonight. I'm really feeling good about this. Um, so, okay, number two. What, what are we talking about? We're talking about dependence on Jesus Christ. We're talking about trusting Him. Uh, I depend on God's what? Strength and not mine. I'm going to go quicker. i got things to see. i got to make sure I don't keep you guys too long. I, uh, uh, I depend wholly and solely and totally on what? God's strength. Not my strength. Not my strength. Not my strength. Not my strength. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Jesus opened not his mouth when they crucified him. What am I saying? If you step into control situations and by your own hand control the path or the direction of your life, he will let you. Okay? You're a creature of free will. You want to go that path? Go right ahead. I'll be here when you get back. Right? Thank God he's back there when we get back, right? But that strength that we think we have, when it's not of God, it always, it always ends in, in, in chaos, in, in hurt. Psalm 85, or 84 and 5, a contemporary English the uh, CEV. Uh, you bless all who, do what? The psalmist writes, depend on you for their strength. Remember what we read in Matthew 5? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You bless all those who depend. Poor in spirit is dependence for their strength. Depend on you for their strength. Listen, Isaiah 40 and 31 in today's English version. Those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. How many need their strength renewed? Well, amen. On a daily basis, right? They will rise on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not grow weak. There is a such great truth. I can teach a whole Bible study in this one passage. There's such great truths here. You've got to trust God for his wings to come. You've got to depend on God for you to not get tired when you're running. When we get weary, it's, not, it, it's mostly because we're under our own strength. Did you hear what I just said? When we are running and walking and doing, the weariness comes from when we think or we do things by our own accord, our own strength. But when we have divine intervention, when we have divine authority, when we have that place of knowing that I'm doing... Have you ever done something you say, if, if God had not helped me, I would have never got that done? Amen? We've all been there. And you need to understand that. Test that you take, man, I would have never passed that test. God just opened my mind and helped me, right? 
That's depending on the Lord. Someone say amen. So, I walk in the strength of the Lord. I want you to memorize this verse. Right? Psalm 71 and 16. I walk in the strength of the Lord. I walk in the strength of the Lord. This is a living Bible version. I walk in the strength. Can we all say it together? I walk in the strength of the Lord. Come on, all of us. I walk in the strength of the Lord. Let's say it again. I walk in the strength of the Lord. Psalm 71 and 16. If you're not walking in His strength, then you are going to grow weary. You're going to grow tired. So, uh, in, in the Living Bible, it says, I walk in the strength of the Lord. Um, um, in Psalm 73 and 26, it says this, My health may fail. How many have experienced that? Amen. And my spirit may grow weak. How many have experienced that? Amen. But God, everybody shout God. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. The establishment for your own psyche, your own brain, that you tell you, you speak it out loud. God is my refuge and strength, an ever-present help in the time of trouble. I will not quit. I will not back down. I will not say I am defeated. I will not declare I am just going to be totally wiped. No, because as long as God is my God, he is mine forever, and He will not let me fail. He'll carry me through the times I need carried. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God said, I'm going to keep you in the palm of my hand. So you've got to declare that. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12 and 8. Three times, he says, this is the thorn in his flesh. Three times I begged God to take away my weakness. Right? Weakness. That's how he saw it. Weakness. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best, best, best in your weakness. Well, that's hard to hear, right? In my weakest moment is when God really shows up. God, why don't you just show up in my strength point? Because you'll think it's you. So now I gladly boast about how weak I am. Think about what you just said. I gladly boast... I am so weak. <laughs> That's not something you declare very often, right? But when I am weak, what does the old song say? He is strong. He is strong. So my grace, God said, is all you need. Because when I am weakest, the power of Christ works in me, Paul says. And shows up through me. So it works in me and it flows through me. When I am weak, I, then I am strong. Uh, Isaiah, again in 41, 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. I'm going to ask you, who are you depending on? Are you waiting on God? Are you so hurried? Is your busy schedule so busy that you have not waited on God? How long has it been since you sat quietly in a prayer closet? How long has it been since you sat at a place where you let God unfiltered, phone turned off, radio off, you are in a place of quiet and receiving from God? They shall mount up with wings of the eagle, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Thirdly, I depend on God's timing, not mine. This is, I'm, this is really good teaching, I hope you're writing notes. 
Uh, I depend on God's timing, not mine. Now, these are basic understandings, but sometimes we forget to put them in order. We forget that we need to place them in our hearts. These five things I'm teaching you tonight is something that I try my hardest to remind myself and live by because if we're not careful, we will think that we have done something and that it's us, right? It's not. I depend on God's timing, not mine. So Psalm 31 says this, Trust in the Lord, O Lord, you are my God. My times are in your hands. The psalmist wrote this and, and is helping us understand that I don't hold time. God holds time. He's the creator of time. He's the holder of time. He decides when my time begins. He decides when my time ends. God, I don't depend on my timing. Why would I depend on my timing when I'm not the author of my clock? I'm not the author of my finish. He is. So when I get out of whack with my timing and his, it causes chaos. And it, it, I'll tell you what it really manifests as, anxiety. Because we feel this inter-battle with God saying, not yet, not, I want to go. I don't, and you get this jerky feeling of, I want to do, oh no, and God's saying no. So, understand, you got to declare, my time is God's time. What does he say in Ecclesiastes? God has set the right time for what? Everything. How do you trust God? Huh? If you trust God online, say amen. If Type it in, amen. If you trust Him. Now, I'm, I'm challenging you here because that's a big word. That's a great declaration. I trust God. Right? Well, you got to trust Him. Not with your, just your money and not just with your talents and your giftings. But you got to trust God with your time. Thus saith the word of the Lord. Isaiah 60 and 22 says this. I am the Lord and when it is time, I will make these things happen quickly. He declares to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and when it's time to move and time to do, I'm not slack, I'm not lazy, I can move quickly, but you've got to trust me with your time. Let's say it together. A delay is not a denial. A delay is not a denial. God's not saying no, he's saying wait. He's not saying no, zero. No, no he's saying wait on me. And I will provide you the timing. And when you work in God's timing, you are going to be amazed at the power that comes out of what you're trying to do. Let's keep going. We find here in Malachi 7 and 7, I trust the Lord God to save me. How many are thankful he saved you? Amen? I will wait for him to answer my prayer. If I can trust him to save me. If I can trust him with my salvation, my eternal soul, with eternity, hell, heaven, all that... If I can trust him with that, then I've got to be willing to say, I'm going to wait for an answer from the Lord about the things that I've talked to him about, I've asked him about, I've been to his throne room about. If he can save you, then he can guide and direct you. Amen? So remember that. Number four, I depend on God's defense, not mine. Now, I'm going to tell you this is one of the harder ones of the five. Why? Because we are humans. And we love to defend ourselves. We want to make sure that our egos are not damaged. And that we are not embarrassed by others. And that we do not embarrass ourselves. And that we are, what? That we are, oh, 
protected. We build walls and we put things up and we make sure people see the best sides of us. And when people attack us, we're very quick. I'll speak for me. <laughs> well, I'm very quick. And I'm going to say you're very quick to defend yourself. Now, I'm not suggesting at all that you should be a doormat for somebody. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying let God defend you. Do you know... Do you know how crazy it drives your enemies when you just keep your mouth shut? When you don't defend yourself and you let God defend you? But I don't want people to... Well, if they think that they're telling the truth, you don't need them in your life anyway. If they say something about you that's negative and wrong and ungodly, you don't think God, you're His child? And if you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you handle this one. You don't think for a minute... That God's going to defend you? I'm, I'm a witness. I'm a, I've experienced this. Where if you keep your mouth shut, God will defend you. But if you open it, then you're on your own. Have fun with that. I'll be here when you get back. <laughs> and you go out there and you're swinging a sword at everybody. And you're getting worse. And now things are crazy. And you're hurting more people. And they're hurting you. And now there's instead of one attacking you, there's a hundred attacking you and you don't know why this is happening you say I don't know why this is happening I'll tell you why because you opened your mouth and tried to defend yourself I have two rules in my life if it's a legal thing in our society that's a part of our society I go get a lawyer I don't talk to anybody I just say hey deal with that right why because I'm not a professional. I'm a preacher. I'm not a lawyer. So I'm going to let profess. I'm not a doctor. So I'm not going to give myself surgery. Right? So I'm going to keep my mouth shut and my life calm. I'm going to let them deal with it. Right? Because in my spirit, in my heart, in my head, I know the truth. And the truth will set you free, my friend. So what do you do? Uh, well, you know, whatever. Right? In my spiritual walk, this is where I have to come to an altar and say, God, you know what they're saying. You know what they're doing. You know the hurt they've caused. I'm going to give this to you. And the hardest part is waiting on God to fix it. But I promise you, He always does. Always. Let God defend you. Someone say amen. I, I, that was a quiet amen. 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 Let God defend you, not yourself. But when they... Listen, 1 Peter 2 and 23. When they hurtled insults at him, Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats back. Instead, he entrusted, hear it, himself to God to set things right. When we defend ourselves in ways that God wants to defend us, He'll let you, but you're going to be on your own. You're going to have to fight that battle. Woo! It's going to be drawn out. It's going to go longer. It's more people going to be involved. More drama is going to happen. You're going to lose more sleep. You're going to have either overeat or undereat. You're going to do all kinds of stuff that you normally wouldn't do because you're so... But think about the peace that comes when you say, Okay, God... They're, th they're hurtling insults, and I'm not going to plan my retaliation, right? 
That's hard to do, right? <laughs> you sit, lay awake at night going, oh, this is what I'm going to do to them. <laughs> you know? I know because I've done that, right? Plan it all out. Uh, yeah, then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to do that. I'll get back to them. I'll show them. And that's, that's our flesh. And it's normal. Amen? So God's not like, ah, oh, I can't believe you did it. No, he's like, hey, I got you. But if you'll give it to me, if you will give it to me, he says he entrusted himself to God. For him to set things right. Entrust yourself to God. Do you trust him? Who are you depending on? Who is your rock? Who is the one you really are running to? His name should be Jesus. Amen? So what does it say in Psalm 12 too? God blesses and protects everyone who runs to him. In Psalm 62 and 5, it says this, I depend on God, what? alone. I put my hope in him, right? He alone protects and saves me. He is my what? Defender. I shall not be what? Defeated. My salvation and honor depend on not me, but on God. He is my what? Strong protector. And he is my shelter. Number five, I depend on God's wealth, not mine. I depend on God's wealth. Now, for some people, for the rich young ruler, this was the hardest one, right? Every one of us have weaknesses that we must deal with. Every one of us have areas of our lives that are different from others. I, I may struggle with something that Brother Carl has no idea how to struggle in that area because we're unique creatures, right, in Christ. So in this particular case, the rich young ruler struggled greatly with this concept, He didn't understand the idea of generosity and how God owned cattle on 10,000 hills and whatever you give to him, he will provide for you and give back. Look at the life of Job. What had happened? He lost everything and got double back. God is a debtor to no man. Do you hear me? He loves you. I got to depend on God's wealth, not mine. Watch this. Philippians, Paul writes in chapter 4, verse 19. And my God will what? We already read this. Will supply all my needs from his what? Abundant wealth because of what Christ Jesus, pardon me, has done for us. Because of what Christ Jesus has done for us, he will supply my every need. He is my provider. Can you say that with me? He is my provider. Now, I want to say something. You get a paycheck and you go buy all the scratch-off lottery tickets that you can buy. And then you say, God didn't provide groceries for me this week. And God does exactly what Carl just did. He snorts and laughs. This is not about recklessness with God. This is not about, he's a piggy bank and I can run and tap on it and it falls out dollar bills. I have so many people that will say, well, God didn't, and, I'll, and, I, and I just say to them, and I say to me, and I say to all of us, we're all under this principle. Have I been a good steward? Have I given him back his portion? Am I giving to the house of God so that the work of God can be done and the gospel can be preached? If I'm not, then I shouldn't expect him to supply all my needs. Because you're saying, God, I, I can't trust you with a little bit. 
Amen? I can't trust you with that portion that you, you asked me for. But I'm going to do this. And he says, okay, fine. And he's not mad. You're not going to hell. You're just not going to be blessed. Because he will supply. You'll get things you didn't know you were going to get. You'll, I'm a living proof of this. I am a living proof of what God has given after we have sacrificed. I can tell you a hundred stories. And I won't. But I could tell you. I can tell you the stories that I know from other people's lives. Why? Because when you put God, everybody shout first. When you put God first, He is a debtor to you. You obey His word. He has a promise that He can't break. It's when we break our covenant or commitment to Him that He says, okay, in order for you to understand where we're at, my promises. Everybody thinks God's promises are like these these, you know, participation trophies that we just give them out to everybody, right? His promise is for everybody, but there's a caveat on every single promise of God. If, if you obey my word. Every promise. The promise of salvation. You can't be unrepentant and receive salvation. You, amen? Amen. You cannot not be baptized and receive salvation. Why? Because that's the word of God and we must obey that word of God in order to receive eternal life. It's no different in our walk with God when we're talking about the things that we need God to supply for us. In our lives, we must come to the understanding, to the base of understanding that says, okay, I'm going to trust God. I did something many years ago, I don't know, 15 years, 10 years ago. I, I, I typed up this thing and I said, you know, I said to people, and about five people did it. Um, but I said, I promise, I don't know if you guys remember that, I promise that if you, if you give to God this year and God does not, if you could come to me at the end of the year and say, God has not blessed me, he has not provided for me, I will give you every dime of it back. Because if you look me in the eye and tell me that, I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to say, well, you got to prove it. No, if you tell me that, I'm going to do it. I had five people that participated. The first time I did it, this is years and years ago. I had five people participate with that. Okay, God, I'm going to, you know what? I won't tell you who they are, but they are the most blessed people in their lives right now. They lived through some hard times. God showed them how powerful and mighty he is in his provision. And that is so important to you and I understanding what God is talking about. Who are you depending on? Are you depending on your own hand to feed your children? You've got to work. You've got to do your job. You've got to be a provider, yes. But in those moments, we all know that that all can go away in a half a second. You can show up to work tomorrow and there's a pink slip on your desk. It's what God is asking us. Now, there's a world out there that, oh, well, you know, we're not, you know, let's, let's not, I don't really believe in that. Well, well, you can't believe in your own little, I'll take this and remove that. And it, the Bible is not a set of multiple choice questions. It is thus saith the word of God. I give my tithe. I pay my tithe. I'm a pastor. A lot of pastors say, well, I, my service is tithe. No. I'm no different. I just happen to be the shepherd, but I'm still a child of God under the same promises. So if I want to be blessed, I've got to obey God's word. So I have three different ministries, pastors, 
elders that I pay my tithe to. Why? Because I want to be blessed. I want my life to be fulfilled. I want the supply that I need from God. I've been reminded of this sitting in a hospital when the doctor said, literally, my wife and I talked about this like a week after it happened, when the doctor said, Lisa, you're, you have, we're in Grand Rapids, and it was this summer, and he said, he says, you have more uh, uh, blood clots in your lungs than we can count. And there, some of them are very large. He said, and the miracle of this is that most people have a heart attack as those pass through their heart. Because in order to get to your lungs, they have to pass through your heart. They move through your legs, through your groin, to your heart, to your lungs. And if you make it out of your lungs, it's to your brain. So the miracle was that she had so many that she couldn't breathe. And she did not have one cardiac issue. That's the immeasurable things that you cannot put a value on. Oh, she just got lucky. Well, you can call it whatever you want. I'm telling you what, I, I can sit here and weep about it because it's my wife and my love and God provided for us that day when she should have, by man's reasoning, had a heart attack. She was saved by the hand of God. I believe with everything that's within me. It was because we have been faithful. Well, but she got cancer. I mean, how's, how's that? No, no, you understand. You, you, you got to get your blockhead out of the sand. God, God is not this... It rains on the just and the unjust. Cancer comes through the environment of sin that we live in, we breathe, we drink. Cancer is not something that God dishes out as a punishment. That's, that's, not, that's not the God I serve. Cancer is a part of the sin environment that we're in. It's a part of what's going on. The carcinogens and all the stuff that we ingest. I was telling somebody today that... You know, we, we eat GMOs and don't even know it. We're, we're eating DNA-altered stuff that we don't have any idea what it's going to do. But how many of you know that celiac disease is at all-time high? All of a sudden, there's celiac disease. Before, in the 50s, there were so few cases of celiac, it wasn't funny. It was un almost immeasurable. But guess what? Now, how many of you know somebody has celiac disease, right? Gluten intolerant. Why? Because they modified the wheat. They modified the wheat. It's, it's been GNA, DNA modified. And so we ingest that stuff. You say, well, uh, it, it, we can't ingest anything else because it's all we get. It's all they make. It's all they grow. So this is the product of sin, right? Man trying to become God. We've got better wheat. We're going to make it so bugs don't eat it. We're going to make it so it's shorter so it doesn't fall over. We're going to make it so... How many believe God was perfect in all his creation? Yes. But man says, no, 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 God, we got this. We're going to modify this because we think we can do a better job. And we are in a place right now where, what, we ingest things. And all this stuff causes cancer. I was telling you, you know, so do I blame God for my wife's cancer? No. No. <sighs> Why would he save her and then give her cancer? I mean, that's just, it blows my mind at the concept of people that think God. No, sin and Satan brought this to us. Not God. Well, God protect. We, 
God, we are citizens of heaven. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I need somebody to hear me. We are citizens of heaven. You need to understand Jesus came, performed miracles so that he could prove he was God. So that he could bring all souls to him. When we understand that, that we are here, and his concern is not so much about us. Yes, he's concerned about us, and he will provide and do and, and be a part of all that. Yeah, but his ultimate goal is not here. We're not, we're not, we're passing through, ladies and gentlemen. We are not here permanently. We are headed to heaven. How many believe that? How many want that? Well, we start, when we start realizing this, that, wow, I'm not really here for just me and my pleasure and my good times. I'm here to be a witness for Jesus Christ so that I can take others to the same heaven. How many believe there's a heaven and a hell? Uh, so many people today don't believe this. Hell is this imaginary thing that the church made up. I'm hearing this, you know. No. It's important that you realize these things are true and in the word of God. Let's look. My job is to channel God, right? My job is... Uh, my job is a channel, but God is my source, right? So I go to my job and it provides, but God helped me get that job. God allows me to keep that job. God gives me favor on that job. God gives me increase on that job. So it, the source is God. He blesses me. My job is the channel which he uses to bless me. So it, it depends on who you depend on. How many believe that tonight? So make a declaration of dependence, not independence. God, I'm depending on you. Look here, my last slide, Matthew 5, we're going to read it again, verse 6. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will satisfy them fully. God will satisfy them fully. And someone say in Jesus' name. Tonight, I hope you receive the Word of God as I have preached it. It has been the Word of God, and I pray that you receive it as it has been, has been given. I pray that you will be here on Sunday. If you're watching online, I pray that you'll make time to be in God's house. That gathering ourselves together as the day of the Lord comes and appears more greatly, we need to be together to encourage one another and love one another and be a part of each other's life. We are starting a wonderful time in the Lord here at Pineview, and I pray that on Sunday morning, 1035, you'll make time to be in God's presence with us. It's wonderful to worship online, and I'm thankful for the technology. But I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like being amongst your brothers and sisters in Christ and feeling that great presence of God move amongst us. I think you need to come, and you need to be a part of it. In Jesus' name. Someone say amen. amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We pray you send your word and let it settle in the hearts of men and women. Let it be fertile ground that lets it grow, Father. I pray that you allow each and every person to decide, Lord, I'm going to be more and more and more dependent on you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless.